Well, good morning, good morning, folks. Uh, we are doing this in English today um, with a special guest star from the UK. Advent is a time of of expectation, of anticipation of Christmas, and uh, there are, you know, we are thinking about the Advent itself and also about Christmas coming soon. And in the Christmas story. In the Bible, that is, there is uh, a number of key characters. Some of them more anonymous than others, mm. and some of them are angels. So, what is the role of angels in the Bible? Ah, uh, well, many and various. Um, particularly important, of course, uh, around the Christmas story, the Annunciation of uh, the angel Gabriel to Mary. Uh, the uh, angels who appear to the shepherds to tell them uh, about the uh, the birth of Christ, um, and then uh, angels then seem to turn up in the story around the crucifixion, uh, the the resurrection, uh, the empty tomb, um, and uh, then in the uh, story of the early church, releasing um, Peter, for example, from prison when Herod uh, imprisons him. Um, so they, they, they tend to come in little clusters uh, around very significant uh, events and periods uh, in church history, but um, here and there at other points mm. as well, I think. So what do you think is the significance of those specific moments? Well, the role that angels tend to play and, and the meaning of the actual term angel, uh, from angelos, uh, is messenger. And that is Greek, isn't it? Uh, yes. So um, they turn up to give very important messages uh, often, but sometimes to do practical things as well, um, as with um, releasing Peter from prison. Um, but the, the messenger function uh, does predominate. Um, so Gabriel telling Mary um, about the plan to um, have her be the mother of the Messiah um, the angels telling the, the shepherds uh, about the Messiah's birth um, telling the women at the empty tomb um, that Christ is no longer there and, uh, and that he will meet the disciples in Jerusalem and so on How did you become interested in angels? Uh, a number of years ago I was approached um, by an atheist in the UK who um, had a website where he arranged debates with Christians on different topics and it was actually him who um, suggested that we have a debate on angels um, which I agreed to and started doing my research and got quite frustrated at the materials that were available because I found um, either they were uh, within the, the Catholic tradition which has a long tradition of thinking about angels um, principally because of Thomas Aquinas who um, was even called the angelic doctor um, because of his thinking uh, about angels in the medieval period um, but there was very little written from a, a Protestant viewpoint about angels very little modern uh, philosophical writing about them even though I thought that's a very interesting philosophical topic in its own right um, at least as bemusing I would have thought to non-Christians as belief in miracles and there are a lot of parallels in the arguments in the area there and then of course a lot of new age um, books 
a lot of um, from a Christian viewpoint a lot of sort of gullibility and um, self-indulgence uh, about so belief in angels despite evidence despite yeah despite arguments yeah. yes so, so as a result of that in fact you wrote uh, the book The Case for Angels hmm. to uh, principally try and give a uh, philosophical defense of the existence of angels well, that's that's a philosophical defense mm. for the existence of angels. Yes. That's not uh, <laughs> a very common area, is it? It's not a very common area, uh, no. H- hence why I was drawn to, to write in it, really. Mm. I saw a, a hole that needed plugging, mm. um, as it were. So what is an angel, then? Well, an angel is a non-physical, finite person. I think that's a, a good starting point. Fi- so, so that is a person, yeah. but not with a physical body. That's right. And not like God. Yes. So um, one of the, uh, the starting points I- in my book, really, is that if you are a, uh, a materialist, a naturalist, then of course you are going to have difficulty in believing that there are angels, just as you would have difficulty in believing that there is a miracle like the virgin birth. Um, but if you believe that there is a God, so he's, he's an uh, infinite person who d- is not embodied, uh, and you think that God's omnipotent, so he can create anything that's logically all possible, yeah. all-powerful, and you think that God has created finite persons in his image um, who are embodied people, um, but particularly if you think um, people have minds or souls that Uh, can't be reduced to just their brain if you think there's something supernatural about the human person even though we're embodied then there is this kind of natural sort of gap that appears whereby it becomes plausible to think well there could be persons like God and like people who are finite like people but who don't have bodies like God created by God so it's, it's, a, it's a place, you think, for angels when you think, when you reflect philosophically on it, that's, the universe. That's right. And actually, one of the, the purely philosophical arguments for the existence of angels uh, runs along those lines. Uh, uh, and it's a little bit like arguments in science where when they were constructing the, the, uh, the table of elements, the periodic table, and they knew about this element, and they knew about that element, and then there was a sort of gap in the table that they were drawing up, and they knew about this element over here, and people said, oh, there's this sort of gap in the table. I predict that we will discover an element with this nature here. Uh, And lo and behold, some years later, they will discover that element that sort of fills out this sort of range of reality. And it's a bit like that with God. If you've you've got uh, God... Uh, he's created this uh, amazing creation where there's everything from, um, you know, quarks, these non-personal physical realities, um, the simplest bit bit of material that we know about, uh, all the way up to persons who are embodied people with free will and conscience and will and so on. And then there seems to be this huge leap uh, up to a non-embodied infinite person. Uh, and you kind of think, well, why, why would God be the sort of God who creates something at sort of every level of reality? It's kind of stuffed full 
of creative things everywhere you look, and then there's suddenly this big leap. Um, it, it kind of leaves you to think, I just wonder whether or not there might be something that God made that's actually in that apparent mm. gap. So if, actually what you're saying is, if there weren't anything about the angels in the Bible, mm. we could still presume that possibly something like that could exist. Yes, uh, but I think it's an argument that perhaps you could say creates an expectation and an interest in looking to see whether or not there are more concrete mm. uh, signs and evidence of those angels. So how does you know, a naturalist, atheist react to, to arguments about this? Uh, I think it's very much going to depend upon their naturalism. Mm. Um, in the book um, because of that territory I've laid out, I spend some time giving arguments for the existence of God, some time giving arg arguments for um, mind-body dualism about people, and then in that context go on to look at a number of arguments, both philosophical and more experientially based, um, historical and people's contemporary experience. I'm particularly interested in looking at the experiences of people who are themselves sceptical about the existence of angels or demons, indeed, which I cover, um, who have a background in psychology or psychiatry, so that they are sceptical about these phenomena, they uh, are minded to explain them away, and they have the knowledge to be able to explain them away if that were possible. And yet, through their experiences, I have become convinced that there is some personal reality um, that can interact with humans, can possess humans, be exercised from humans, uh, and so on. Um, and so I find the testimony of people like um, an American psychiatrist called M. Scott Peck, uh, look at a British psychologist uh, called David Einstein Brewer, um, who were sceptical about these realities until they had certain experiences. Um, and then on the other side you have the, uh, <coughs> the, the New Age, the new age mm. movement or, or tendencies, traditions and the new religious uh, movements. Mm. For example, we have, you know of our dear princess in Norway with a book about angels. Mm. So how do you find relating to those kinds of people, uh, mm. those beliefs? How do they react? Well, I think it's important to start out with a point of agreement because they are agreeing with Christians that the materialist, the naturalist is wrong that there is more to reality than just the physical. Uh, and they are looking for some, some spirituality, um, kind of some kind of uh, sense and belief in the supernatural. And uh, a bit like St. Paul in Athens with the, uh, the pagan polytheistic religions and so on, um, I think it's nevertheless good to start by saying, yes, I agree with you that the naturalists have got it wrong. But then go on to say... Um, I think there is not enough careful thinking uh, in that New Age movement. Too much thinking that's based upon um, wishful thinking, as it were, wanting to um, have your desires satisfied and reality to conform to what you'd like it to be like, as opposed to trying to conform yourself and your understanding to reality. Um, which is the, the, the path of um, philosophical humbleness, if you like. Uh, and 
really, I, I think what I do in the book is try to say to people of a new age bent that the, the Christian tradition of thinking about angels, uh, the context of Christian revelation, provides uh, a, a grid, a sieve, to be more cautious about claims about angels, particularly given the possibility that some of these uh, beings uh, are not good. Uh, some of them are bad, according to the Christian tradition, the demons. Um, so one needs to be very careful, and as um, Paul says, uh, test, test everything, test, test the spirits, um, to not be um, gullible and easily taken in, but to have some standards by which to judge, is this uh, a genuine experience or not? And some standards to judge, is this an experience of something that's good and good for you uh, and that should be paid attention to or not? Um, so to have some um, a background that gives you some critical uh, approach to the subject rather than just uh, embracing whatever feels good to you. you know. well, two questions finally, Pete. <clears throat> One of them being, uh, you know, in our tradition it seems as if, in our Christian traditions, mm. at least that some of us, maybe most of us, belong to, is, is we talk about angels to children. Mm. A lot, but then at some point it disappears yes. from our conversations, and it's as if we, when we grow up, we feel afraid mm. of talking about the angels. When we talk about that to children, it's about well, the angel will protect you, mm. and then we discover well, is the reality as simple as such? Yeah. So, what would be your comment on that? Yeah, I think that's a very good point, and clearly, it's not as simple as that, as that because. Uh, for every um, story that one might might tell that you think it's got some plausibility about uh, angels saving uh, missionaries in the New Hebridean Islands, uh, for example, from being eaten by the tribe of headhunting cannibals that they're trying to to uh, convert, um, you can of course see stories of people who do not get saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a in a sense, does that raise any issues? Uh, above and beyond the issues that you would meet in thinking, well, why doesn't God um, save everybody or heal everybody? You know, the, the classic problem of evil, um, if it is solvable uh, for a belief in God, then it is, um, perhaps you could say, even more solvable for belief in finite agents who aren't even meant to have omnipotence, for example, even though they're meant to be all good. Um, but aren't meant to be all-knowing either. Um, so the, even the, the, the classical but now um, generally rejected so-called logical problem of evil doesn't apply uh, to angels, um, certainly, and now has actually generally agreed not to apply, apply to God anyway. Um, so I don't think it raises uh, insoluble issues uh, in that area, but I do think just perhaps as we grow up, the pressure from the culture of the, the secularised um, view that, oh, that's something that's fine to mention at Christmas, fine to mention to kids, but it's not a sort of adult proper belief. Um, perhaps just because we, d- we haven't done enough thinking and talking about those things. Uh, and I think if we're not going to be embarrassed to talk about the virgin conception, that should be a better way of putting it, or the resurrection, 
uh, or um, contemporary um, answers to prayer for healing or things like this, then there is no um, a priori reason to be embarrassed about the biblical belief in angels and demons. Finally, Pete, have you uh, <coughs> experienced angels? Have you, mm. uh, in any way, do you f- daily find comfort in, in the biblical view of angels? I think no is the answer, the honest answer to both questions, or at least to the first one, not that I know, given what the Bible says about entertaining angels unawares, uh, and that um, often when they actually turn up in the text, as opposed to the the more um, prophetic passages or descriptions in Revelation, but when they actually turn up to give people messages and so on, it's just you know a young man in white. You know, today I'm sure they wear jeans and a t-shirt. You know, you wouldn't know them necessarily, um, uh, as uh, in many stories people don't. Um, so, not to my knowledge, and although I think it's important to defend their reality and uh, from that point of view to be able to defend the the plausibility of the biblical um, text in which they appear and not to um, be automatically dismissive of um, people's stories about angels and about exorcism and and, and so on Uh, a field that I've known people who've been involved with but uh, I think I'm quite glad not to be involved with myself Um, you also don't want to take the uh, the emphasis off God himself uh, and I think the there is of course a, a Protestant strain of wariness uh, about um, putting intermediaries between people and a relationship with Christ and with God uh, and not to go the sort of um, praying to the saints and or to angels uh, but to pray to God if you can go direct to the number one head honcho why go to the subordinates you know Um, so I don't think uh, I involve them in a sort of daily practical sense within my Christian spirituality uh, but I'm open to their reality and activity yeah maybe it's appropriate to ask you just to lead us in prayer Mm. since we talked about praying (coughs) and uh, about uh, Mm. The supernatural reality mm. that involves both God and the angels. Yes. Would you like to lead us in a sure. short prayer? <coughs> Lord, we thank you for this time of Advent and of uh, thinking uh, back to the story of your coming into this world. And we recognize that. Uh, Some of the important characters in that story are are angels, are your ministering spirits sent to serve the saints. And we um, thank you that in our relationship with you, we are part of a part of a family, part of a kingdom uh, that not only goes across uh, races, uh, nations, uh, cultures, but also, in a metaphysical sense, goes across species as well. Um, that we are um, part of your kingdom with uh, these realities that we find mysterious, um, but that we uh, believe are created by you and have a role uh, in the economy of your creation. Um, help us, Lord, not to be uh, embarrassed.
uh, or forced into uh, feeling embarrassed by our culture uh, about our um, commitment to their reality. Uh, especially, Lord, lest that start us down a road to be um, being embarrassed about your reality. Lord, help us to um, acknowledge and stand up for truth and to conform our thinking to your reality rather than try and uh, make your reality conform to us. So thank you for this Advent time and I pray that you will be uh, with us, uh, watch over us and uh, where it is appropriate that you will send uh, your angels uh, to partner with us in doing your work. Amen. Thank you.